Welcome to Politically Incorrect number 5, September 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Hamilton Steele. And I'm his co-host, Ghost. Um, we've been given a disclaimer a little bit here for the last four episodes. I say we go to number 6. Alright. Uh, public probably doesn't know who we are. Well, and if you do know who we are, then... Well, you know, well you've listened to our last five podcasts. Are they their well, fans four. of our work? Yeah. Uh, you see, I am an adult performer... And we are adult video makers, makers, which is a polite way of saying that we're pornographers. This is not a podcast about the adult industry. It is no, no. a podcast about how we see the current events and politics. Yeah, it's world politics viewed by, as seen by pornographers. Yeah, which really tends to be interesting. Or at least that's what we've been told so far. So... The first story that's just breaking right now is German Chancellor Angela Merkel has stepped down. So she, I'm guessing she's finally had enough of the current world mess. Well, both in our industry and in politics, we have a saying, and that is there are no surprises. Well... I can think of one type of surprise, but let's not go there for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know where you're going with it. Um, you know, when we look at uh, Donald Trump, you and I said right off bat the whole election, before the election, he says he does not want to be the president again. Oh, yeah, I was making bets. Okay, yeah, we were we were betting on it that something was going to happen that he wasn't. But I've be been the really president. bad for that. I've been doing that since like, I was in grade school. I've been making bets on stuff. <laughs> and, and there was a whole fiasco and fuss going with it. And I'm going to say this too, Angela Merkel has been, you know, the Chancellor of Germany for the last 16 years. Pretty much the entire time we've known she, each other. She's gone, well, this is just it. I mean, we've survived four French presidents, but one German Chancellor. And she has been at the helm for migrant crises. She's been at the helm for the austerity measures against Greece. I mean, she, she's a huge part of history. This, this woman was like the Teflon Nana politics. There was controversy. There was everything. And she steered that ship. Give her credit. She was one tough woman. But now she's stepping away from it after 16 years. And I... What's changed? Is it just tired or... Well, this is going out on a limb. It's pure supposition on my part. But she was born in West Germany, but she was raised in East Germany, and East Germany was communist during her time. Ah, yeah, that would... So, we're coming up on an era when communists <clears throat> are trying to play for control. Yeah. And we're looking at a situation of, show me your papers. Yeah. Worldwide. And, and... anyone who's actually lived under communism is... They hate it. They hate it. You know, it's funny because... They're, here, they're, 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 they're horrified at the current world events. Well, it's funny because here in the West, you know, we absolutely are not communists. And yet we have got this... Uh, I don't know pro, what to yeah, call it. I mean, this insanity. Let's become communists. Yeah, pro-socialist, pro-communist doctrine that's been pushed for the last 20, 30 years. You know, it's insane. It really is. I mean... There's plenty, yeah, there, I mean, we've said this before, there's plenty of examples for why it's a bad thing. Well, you know, we're in an industry that I'm going to say, you really can't get more capitalist than us. I mean, we literally pay people to do stuff that no sane person would, would do. Would do. I mean, you know, 
and we make a profit off of it. Yep. If you stuck us in a socialist environment, yeah, you and I could still make a dollar, but our whole business model would completely change, and it would be far more cloak and dagger. Yeah. I mean, and we can point to that because we've been in countries and done business... Very cloak and dagger. Very cloak and dagger. And France, to an extent, was like that. Yeah, yeah. There was some stuff like that out there. Um, And the point of the matter is, is only certain classes of people get access to what we have to offer. Yeah. It's not going to be the commoner. It's not. What we're going to get is the desperate commoner looking to make a dollar behind the scenes without somebody knowing yeah, or being put us. in contact with somebody through us. You know it. Yeah. You know it. That's what's going to happen. The more socialists that you get, and I'm not talking about European socialists, I'm talking about the true thing, okay? I mean, that's what's coming. And I don't think that here in the West they even have a clue as to how bad it can get. And this is, they're, they're totally unprepared for it. And I think that Angela Merkel, in this situation, like Donald Trump, does not, not want, want to, to be, be there. in charge. Yeah. And I think a lot of people saw this coming. I will say this about France, okay? Because I keep looking at Macaroni, as I call him. You look at the election leading up to it, he wasn't a member of any of the mainstream political parties. It was a surprise election. He literally came... Came out of left field. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere. I mean, the guy was born in 1977. I mean, he's the youngest world leader on the scene. Oh. I'm not sure about that, but he's up there. He's up there. Well, down there, I guess, in this case. Well, it depends on how you look at it. But you're French. I lived in France long enough to understand how things work. And I very much sincerely doubt that because the French plan everything. Oh yeah. I mean, I've never seen so much bureaucracy in my whole life. The French plan it all. And it's the nation of a meeting to plan a meeting. Literally. I mean, you know, what's that joke about if the Titanic was French? They would have to uh, yeah, it would have taken years for a certificate of sinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they would have had to have first found the Titanic before they could issue the certificate, certificate. that it sank, you know? And this is French bureaucracy. And I think that he got into power because none of the other people wanted to be at the helm of it. And they just said, okay, well, this is coming down along the lines. Leave this guy in charge. And I think what happens in a lot of these situations, like with Merkel and with the French president and Joe Biden, I'll say... I'll save that for the next, but I think in uh, Merkel and in France, what they're going to do is they're going to find somebody who's greedy, who's hungry for an opportunity, but is part of the establishment, okay, because they are, and that's what happened in France, that's what's going to happen in Germany. In the case of Joe Biden, I think they just took the old guy. Yeah. You know, you're on your way out. This is your last. I mean, how hurrah. many people think he might be? He might have dementia. How much of it's real and how much of it's a put on? Yeah, that's another thing okay. that's possible. Um, 
blunt right off bat, Donald Trump did not want to be in power. I've said that many times. So, you know, we saw it coming. Donald Trump's actually pretty smart. He's actually, you know, smarter than what most people would like to give him credit for, you know? Definitely smarter than what the media gives him credit for. They're all in it together. They all are. I mean, we've been to enough functions and so forth. We've seen these conversations. We've seen these people get along. I mean, you think that uh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden would absolutely loathe and despise Donald Trump and his kids, but the fact of the matter is, if you saw them up at a golf club or whatnot, you know, they'd be playing around at golf together. They'd be parking yeah. buddy buddies. I mean, it's all a show for the public. It's much like what we do, okay? We put on a show for the public. You know, at the end of the day, and you can't take it seriously. But it is the end of an era. Angela Merkel, she's gone. Let's see what happens from yep. here. Let's see what happens from here on out. It's like everything else. It's a waiting game at this point. Yeah, you know, it is a serious waiting game. So moving right along here, because you know uh, we're still dealing with all of the stuff that's happened from Afghanistan. Yep. This time it's now talking about women's rights. And I've got two stories that are kind of somewhat related because they're both about women's rights in Afghanistan from the Associated Press and from Reuters. The Associated Press, Taliban-run Kabul ministry, municipality to female workers stay home. Kabul, Afghanistan, female employees in Kabul city government have been told to stay home with work only allowed to those who cannot be replaced by men. Which pretty much means anyone whose job is to interface with other women. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Maybe it's... bathroom attendant in the woman's washroom or something. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, it's... Um, There's a few other positions, but yeah. Yeah, you get my point. Uh... From Reuters, Afghan activists protest outside shuttered Women's Affairs Ministry. September 19th, about two dozen women activists protested outside Afghanistan's Women's Ministry on Sunday after it was closed by Taliban militants in power in Kabul and replaced by their Ministry of Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice. Female staff said they have been trying to return to work at the ministry for several weeks since the Taliban took over last month, only be told, go home. Well, on a positive note, they've applied this law pretty uniformly. Like, I mean, if you worked for the, the government or yep. you worked for this ministry over here, go home. Men are supposed to work. You're supposed to stay home and make now, babies. Now, I'm going to say something that a lot of people are probably going to take offense to, but this actually looks kind of good on the Taliban because they're not, they're just saying, go home. That's it. Well, you know, on the other side of the Wait, coin... All, everything that has been said about the Taliban out here, you would expect them to do way worse. Well, that, that that's a good point. Because, I mean, you got two dozen women protesting in front of the place holding up signs. If the picture is to be believed, I mean, the media does lie. Yeah. But you've got women protesting, and let's be downright honest, they could have just came out there and shot them out. Yeah. Lord knows that uh, Biden's left behind enough weapons. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I don't think they left it behind by accident. That's my personal opinion, but that's another story. I think, and I'm going to go out here and say this, that what we should try to do is make 
embrace globalization, because this is cultural here. If the people of Afghanistan want a Western concept of equality, then they'll get it. Let them go to the West. Uh, or well, if, they, if enough of them it. want it they'll in get the country, it. the country should, ad- uh, should adapt. That's they'll get it. Usually how those things work. That's how it should work. Okay. Um, equally, I've applied this methodology of thinking to Australia and Canada and other places too. I say all the time, this pandemic and all this garbage ends the moment enough of you have said, I've had enough. Yeah. All right. Done. So I will say here, same thing in Afghanistan. If they want a Western concept of equality between the sexes, it'll happen the moment the Afghanistani people say it's going to happen and not prior. So in the meantime, two dozen women, big deal. Yeah. That's not a lot. And if you talk to feminists over here, they're going to say, well, that's because they're scared of their lives. That's because of this. That's because of that, et cetera, et cetera, and all that other stuff. I'm going to say as an adult video maker... No, what they're saying is it's not worth fighting for. Yeah. Okay? And I can make an analogy, a bad analogy, okay, I'll say in our industry. You know, I phone up a girl and say, hey, I want you to do this. This is how much it pays. She turns around and says, no. So obviously it's not worth it to her. Yeah. Um, I think if it's worth enough to you, you'll take the risk. You'll take the risk. You'll do it. It's that simple. I mean, look at the French Revolution. I guarantee you there's protesters during that who died. There was a lot of people who died. But they were willing to take Take the the lives in their own hands. They were willing to take the risk. Okay. And I think that's probably in this case. You know, the women who stood out there with the signs protesting showed a lot of moxie. Yeah. But equally, you're lousy two dozen. You know, what is their population-wise in Afghanistan? I think it's like 6.5 million, if not more. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the actual number on it. I know I should go to the internet and just look it up. But the point is, you know, uh, two dozen women, probably just everybody who just suddenly realized they don't have a job. Yeah. And maybe the solution to stuff like this, because you're going to always run into culture. You know, when the West tries to impose its ideals on other nations... That never goes down well. Yeah, I mean, really, we should get our own doo-doo in order. Yeah. I mean, we've got homeless on our streets out here. We've got drug problems all over here, okay? Biggest problem I think women are facing this day and age in the West is not because they don't have access to birth control, and it's not because they don't have on-demand abortions, it's not because they don't have equal rights or anything to that effect. It comes down to how many of them are single mothers. Yeah. Yeah. In Afghanistan's defense over here, and I'm playing devil's advocate, they're ensuring that if a woman gets married, the husband's going to have a job. Yep. Okay. It's a little... And that he's going to be held responsible for her. Now, my perspective, it's socialist because the moment you mess around with the marketplace and the way job situation is and start all of this categorization, I classify that as government overreach and as socialist. Yeah, in a way. I, I think, personally... The best person for the job is whoever is the best person, person for, for the, the job. job. Okay, you know, I, I, you know, that's the way I work. Who can walk? Who walks through the door, and who can do it for the least? You got it. Who can do it the best for the least? That's and that's how it should always be. 
but this is their culture. And I think that, you know, they're going to probably do better in some ways from a uh, nuclear family point of view than we're going to do in the West. Yeah. You know, that's, that's being blunt. They're going to have set roles out there. This is what men are supposed to do. And to tell you the honest truth, there's another part of this story here that I'm going to link into it. Just because we're going down that road with Afghanistan. Our military has become woke. Yeah. The French military has become woke. The Western military. I mean, the business of military is basically taking a life. I mean, the business where of does woke come in to play in that? The business of the military is you go in, you break somebody's stuff, you kill some people, you maim some others... So that people come to the bargaining table and negotiate on a political situation. Yep. That's it in a nutshell. Yep, that's very. There's no justice system. There's no court system or whatnot. You got your men. I mean, if it was woke and about feelings, you would have, you know, social workers out on the battlefield. Let's discuss our feelings. Yeah, that's, no, it's not how it works. You give a guy a big gun. You strap on all kinds of armor onto him. You make him run obstacle courses. You make him study how to disembowel someone. Okay? Men and women. Yeah. Okay? They got animals in the military. Dogs. What do you train the dog to do? Not wag his tail when somebody comes in. Somebody comes up to the dog. You've trained him. Tear his throat out. Yeah. Okay? Find the bomb. Kill the insurgent. That's it. Their military has spent the Taliban. I mean... I remember it. They rolled over them. They carpet-bombed Afghanistan. Their military has spent the last 20 years with a fraction of the military hardware and equipment. Literally comes back from the grave and says, we're back in command. We won. Yeah. I remember reading an article about General Praetorius, I believe his name was, if I'm pronouncing it right. He said, in one of these little articles, he said, from a military point of view, I can't lose. But I also can't win the culture. So I can't win and I can't lose. Well, guess what? You did lose. Yeah. And all it took was a bunch of U.S. Army guys sharing their feelings, probably doing drugs, because I guarantee it in the military there's drugs. Yeah. This, this nation has a problem with drugs. There's a serious drug problem. Serious drug problem. So, you know, maybe the smart money will be in the future. Go to Afghanistan. Yeah, who knows? I guarantee I guarantee one thing. They're not enforcing COVID. <laughs> That's absolutely. I mean, COVID is... Uh, and this, this, is, this, is, this is incredibly politically incorrect. COVID is Western imperialism. Blunt. Hmm. They're taking control of nations through another way. Yeah. Okay, they're not doing it militaristically. They're doing it medically. This is imperialism. This is colonization. They're doing it. They're taking control, okay? That's what's going on here. And maybe the reason why they pulled out of Afghanistan is because they can't hold it. Yeah, that's... There's no end in sight for this, and they're not going to be able to hold it. You're not going to get the Afghanistani people lining up by the millions to get an injection in their arm no. to show you your health passports and stuff. Because for all of these dozen or so or two dozen women that were out there protesting, I'll bet you 
anything, there are thousands more yeah. that absolutely despise us. Yep. You know, they just want us gone. I mean, they've been there for 20 years, yeah. causing all sorts of mayhem. I mean, how many of them have lost relatives, children, loved yeah. ones yeah. to U.S. military? Well, this is just it. You know, the drone strike recently, too. I mean, yeah, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> Democracy, the gift that keeps on giving, you know? and Or in this case, taking, taking human life. Taking human lives. So, you know... The only thing I can honestly say is maybe we should make globalization less about the stuff and more about the people. Yeah. And because at this point, it's entirely about the 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 stuff. It's about the stuff. I mean, it's about your cell phone. I mean, it's, it's about, about making your a computer. profit. It's about making a profit. Why is your cell phone made in China? Because it's cheaper to make it. Because it's cheaper to make it. You know, China is a communist nation, right? We should not yeah. be doing business. No, with we them, shouldn't. But they can manufacture everything for so much cheaper. Well, geez, that's slave labor, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, when your factories have suicide nets. Yeah, yeah, Foxconn, giant suicide nets. And when you come to immigrate in a place, customs officials are really kind of, you know, not the nicest people in the world. They look at your papers when you come in, and you've only got two possibilities that you could check off on it. Either you're making over a million dollars a year. In which case they rubber stamp you. In which case they rubber stamp you. Okay, I mean, Jeff Bezos doesn't even get rubber stamped. I mean, I guarantee he's a citizen of the world. He's not even asked for his passport. Who are you, Jeff Bezos? Whoa, okay, come on in, whatever you want. Okay, just just park your private jet and your space vehicle over there. You know, we'll be happy to take the $300,000 a day parking fee for it or whatever, you know. Uh, or refugee. Hey, somebody had a gun on your head and they shot your mother and your brother and your sister and your aunt. Okay, I and guess I think you could come in. Even refugee status is more about political posturing than anything else. Probably. I mean, let's be honest, okay? A lesbian woman living in Iran is going to be let in a lot quicker than some guy who's getting, you know, the boots put to him by a bunch of drug dealers down out in Mexico. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there's a lot more politics on it. But the guy who's just going to show up, or the woman that's just going to show up, and that's just going to become part of society, embrace the culture around us, pay their taxes, contribute to their community. That's has been no lost op- since the they, early yeah, 19th century. Yeah, they have no option except to sneak across the border because they're never going to get in. Yeah. yeah. And I think that if these women want careers, they should be allowed to come to the West. You know? And if you don't want careers, it should go both ways. This should be the new way. If you want to be traditional and... There are women, Latinos are the highest convert, Latino females in the United States are the highest converting females, popular percentage of females, to Islam. Really? Yeah. Huh. And if they want to go over to Afghanistan and they want to wear the hijab and they want to embrace that culture, let them. Yeah. That's that's how globalization should work. Honestly, okay, go where you want. This is going to be controversial, but I think... Any immigrant population should embrace the culture they're going into. That should not be controversial. No, it shouldn't. But But instead, what we get, it was like when my father emigrated to this country. I mean, you know, he was the one who set a lot of people straight. He says, I come over here, and he says, and I learn the language. I try to do it. He says, if I wanted to be the way things were back home, I should have just stayed stayed back back home. home. I mean, if you come over here to make things the way it was back home, you're not an immigrant. You're a colonist. I knew people growing up who had been in the country for the vast majority of their lives and still couldn't speak the language. Yeah. And I mean, I mean look even out here. How many Mexicans that don't speak English? Well, this is just it. I mean, 
we were Italians for God's sakes. I mean, we came from Europe. I mean, white bread Italians. And you come over to the country and, and you saw a lot of, they moan about how things are different from their country. Well, of course. What was your first clue? You, you, you traversed it, a big pond. It's fine to an extent. I mean, you're changing countries. There's going to be a few things you preferred back home. But Absolutely. And nobody's saying you can't enjoy a good lasagna. Yeah. You know, but if you're looking for the lasagna that your grandma used to make, then maybe you ought to stay there with your there, grandma. There, there's a limit. There's a limit. So that's my whole thing on the, the whole Kabul with the women's rights and so forth. And I think it's just more media hype and whatnot. And the people in Afghanistan... They're going to have the type of country that they want to have. Yeah. And if the Taliban are in charge out there, it's because they want the Taliban in charge. I mean, the Taliban have been under attack for like the last, how long? Almost 20 years. Where have they found the people? Yeah. Evidently, there's people who sided with them and who joined up. Yeah, otherwise you've got a bunch of old men by this point in time trying to fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's just be logical here, okay? So, yeah. They wouldn't be getting new recruits if there weren't people who agreed with them. You got it. What are they doing? Importing them from somebody else? Yeah, yeah. They're all Chinese. They, you know, they bought them from China, right? Ah, the insanity of it. All right. Did you want to talk about the submarine problem? Uh, subway's closing? Subway's closing. Nah, nah. I thought you might want to talk about it because this involves France. Uh, no, I haven't read the headline, actually. Uh, okay. Been busy with our stuff. Well, it's the Associated Press News again. All right. French minister decrees duplicity in U.S.-Australia sub-deal. Does he even know what that means? Well, Duplicis, wasn't he uh, a French minister, or was that a Quebecois one? I don't know. Duplicis, he may have been for, uh, from Quebec. It doesn't ring a bell to me, so partly uh, Quebec. All right. Uh, Francis Foreign Minister on Saturday denounced what he called duplicity, disdain, and lies surrounding the sudden rupture of France's lucrative contract to make submarines for Australia in favor of a U.S. deal and declared that a crisis is at hand among Western allies. Yeah, I don't think he knows what the hell he's saying. Maybe this is the person who translated it. I don't know. A day after France recalled its ambassadors to the United States and Australia... French Foreign Minister Jean-Yves Le Drain, or Le Drain as they say in English, pummeled what he suggested was a backroom deal that betrayed France. Well, all deals are backroom deals in politics. Oh yeah, how did you get stuff done? Like, we've never made a backroom deal, huh? The other deal is backroom. I, mean, I, unless, I got news. Unless you're like sitting in front of TV screens do it, broadcasting it on national news, it's a backroom deal. I, I have often said that, at least what we've learned in our experience, is that politicians operate a heck of a lot like pornographers. I'd say more so than pornographers. Well, um, we, we share a lot of the same skill set. Only they deal in fear and we deal in sex. Yeah. And... To be downright blunt, how many backroom deals do we do? A lot. I mean, you know, it's not just a question of put a camera in the room and, uh, you know, film whatever. I mean, it's, it's, it's the way we got to get the product out there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's there's a whole lot that goes on behind the scenes with us. I mean, you know, the guys that just have to film it and stick it on a, on a website platform, they're lucky. Yeah, because I guarantee even... the guys that are operating the platform are, are wheeling and dealing. 
is how it works. I mean, it's just the whole the whole situation. So I'm gonna say, yeah, you know, you're screaming about backroom deals, but you knew there was backroom deals going on. So you know, don't play uh, play innocent with me. You know, uh, they're also saying that the announcement by President Joe Biden of the deal alongside the leaders of Australia and Britain, and I knew the British were going to be in there somewhere. You knew it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 uh, it's like the Gang of Five: Australia, Britain, Canada, United States, New Zealand. Okay, the five Anglophone countries, right? And for at least eight nuclear-powered submarines, has set France in a fury. The French had signed a contract in. 2016 for a dozen conventional diesel electric submarines. And wait, the, wait, wait, yeah, diesel yeah. electric? Diesel electric. Those haven't really been relevant since World War II. At least Korea, Vietnam. Uh, I think they were just using old hardware at that point. Uh, well, probably, but you know, I, I got a lot to say about this. Like, I mean, I find the whole thing about the submarines, like, I mean, you know, we're talking about Australia here. Like, I mean, the naval power Australia. I mean, I don't actually know what's uh, Australia's naval situation. It should be pretty big considering what they're basically an island nation. They're a very big island nation. Yeah, they're a huge island. I mean, you know, if the Chinese invaded Australia tomorrow, all they'd all have to do, the whole population of Melbourne, is just go on a walkabout into the interior. And... Well, that might be a problem because they don't necessarily have have the infrastructure. Well, I'm not talking infrastructure. I'm talking about good relations with the uh, with the natives out there. <laughs> I mean, what the natives? The Aborigines. Yeah, there's not a lot of them left, right? I'm pretty sure officially in Australia there is no pure blood. No more Aborigines that are pure blood. Well, that may be a situation. They, they they've effectively exterminated the entire population. And I bet you, you know, the average Australian has never seen a crocodile in his life, so maybe they're kind of scared of going into the interior, right? But you know, it's a large island nation, and yeah, you know, it's mostly uninhabited. Yeah. Okay. They're not a giant military power by any means. If China decided that they were going to put the boots to Australia, I'm going to say this much. Australia is going to be left with one choice. Either hope beyond hope that the Philippines United stop St- the Chinese for them. Oh, geez, that's just as bad, okay? They've got, they've got one choice, uh, two choices. Hope beyond hope that the United States shows up first with all of its military power and says, hey, leave them Australians alone. Or, okay, whatever you want, we're ready, we're here, close our concentration camps, sure. Yes, that's a human rights violation. I mean, this is the whole, this is no, that would be That would be absolutely hilarious if China invaded Australia, Australia to make them stop human rights violations. Oh, I crack up silly. Oh boy! I see a video. I don't think we'd be the only one. I mean, I think this would be like every cop political comic out there would be doing that one. Well, I think the day of being able to make political jokes is quickly coming to an end. If it hasn't already come to an end, like I mean, you know, you look at Bill. They've already killed the ability to make uh, 
racial jokes. Well, well, Even if it's your own freaking race. Just stop and think about this for a moment, okay? When was the last time you heard Bill Burr make any comments about, you know, women's rights? Going back to Afghanistan over here. I mean, Bill Burr, I mean, you could make a thousand and one comments right here now. You know, oh, heaven forbid women get to go home and be taken care of. You know, you can hear it. But back to this, I think, you know, this here, that phrase, that sentence, that, that paragraph, whatever you want to call it right here. Diesel electric submarines for nuclear submarines. The whole submarine thing tells me who is really in charge of the world. Baby boomers who don't know the 80s are over. Yeah. I mean, most conflicts these days are against small insurgents and like... Well, this is just it. Afghanistan. Nuclear-powered subs. You're so happy you got nuclear subs coming I mean, the main point of having a nuclear sub is so you can have... You can stage an emergency nuclear strike. Well, it's it's, it's nuclear unless, power. Unless you decide, oh, geez, Listen, we've accidentally armed the Taliban. Let's nuke the place. They're not very well, much very useful. Okay, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of things like that are Navy stuff, like the airplanes and or, stuff or, like or, that. Or, or, but... or is this a case where Australia has realized they're starting to commit a bunch of human rights violations here and they're getting ready to point nukes at everyone around them so they can keep doing it? Hey, leave our concentration camps alone. <laughs> well, but... There's another part to this, okay? I'm bringing it to reality here. You're right, but the reality, nuclear subs had the benefit of when they went underwater, you couldn't hear them. Because how do you locate everything underwater? Sonar. Well, that's also why a diesel electric engine is diesel electric. Yeah, but they still make noise. So does a nuclear sub. Yeah, okay, but you don't also have to refuel them, okay? No, the point is you don't have to refuel them. That's the other okay. advantage. But the point is... Everybody that I've ever seen with nuclear subs and whatnot, you know, everything I've read, nu- uh, you know, uh, diesel subs make noise. Nuclear subs are relatively a lot more quiet. Yeah, well, because a diesel sub, the way it works is it's powered by diesel once at the surface and it switches on to its batteries once under the surface, no, which has no. a du- double effect that, A, you're running on batteries, so you got limited power while you're under the water. Well, watch somebody in the comments turn around and put us straight on this, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, this is not World War Two. You're not going up against Germany and Japan over here and fighting zeros and so forth. I mean, this to me also is the hallmark of government make-work programs. Hey, listen, we're not going to fight anybody with this stuff anytime soon, but would it be nice if we had some, some submarines in our arsenal? They're going to be outdated by the time you find an enemy. Uh, they're probably outdated now. Yeah. I mean, think about it, all right? If they were up to date, they'd be autonomous submarines. And if they were up to date, they wouldn't even have people building the submarines. There'd be robots building the submarines. And if they were truly up to date, Amazon would fly a drone to China, pick up a submarine, and fly it back, and it would all be autonomous. I mean, the Australian government could click and point, and there you go, we've got ourselves nuclear sailboats. I mean, really, you know, underwater nuclear sailboats. <laughs> nuclear sailboats. <laughs> Where did you come up with this? Well, it's just the way I think. You know, I'm Italian. What can I say? Oh. And they spent $66 billion on it. You know, it was, well, it was a $66 billion deal. And to me, it's just, you know, this, this is just a real farce from the beginning of it. A bunch of politicians are sitting back saying... 
you didn't want to do business with us. You didn't give us a chance to, you know, make sweeten the deal, etc., etc. Whatever. Okay, fine. Australia's going to get themselves eight nuclear submarines, and they're going to go under the water. They're going to look at the fishies, and they're going to take a look at Chinese boats off the shore. Hey, look at there's a Chinese fishing trawler that's in our coastal waters. Let's fly up at them with the nuclear sub. I mean, how do you it, personally? Okay, I'm Sicilian. You know how my father's village, you know how you keep the guy from fishing in your area? You stood on the deck of your ship, you shook your fist at the guy, and you threatened his life the moment he got back to shore. Yeah, I can see that working. You know, you don't need a nuclear submarine to chase a, a fishing trawler out of your waters. So, again, I'm picking on the Associated Press today. Recall vote highlights California's geopolitical divisions. Sacramento, California. The California recall election was a blowout win for, government for Governor Gavin Newsom that reinforced the state's political divisions. The Democratic governor won a big support in coastal areas and urban centers while the rural north and agricultural inland with far fewer votes largely wanted him gone. It's almost like two states, Milano College political scientist Melissa Michelson said. Though California is a liberal stronghold where Democrats hold every statewide office and have two-third majorities in the legislature, it is also home to deeply conservative areas. Those residents have long felt alienated from Sacramento, where Democrats have been in full control for more than a decade. Yeah, that was similar with the uh, U.S. election, too. Most states, it was like that. Well, you know, it comes... Rural areas voted Trump and the uh, city centers voted uh, Biden. Uh, you know... I'm always going to say this. If voting worked, they wouldn't let us do it. Yeah. All right. And don't tell me that California did not want the lockdowns, did not want the mask. He has done everything. The fact of the matter is you had a chance to get rid of the guy unless you're claiming it was fixed. Possibly. That's, that's, that's a different story. You know, I claim it's fixed in the sense that Gavin Newsom and Larry Elders probably had a few conversations. Yeah. I call it fixed much in the same way that you'd fix a, uh, a football game. You sit down, you talk to the quarterback that you want to lose, and you say, mess up on your passes. Or the running back, or whatever it is. Whatever. You know, I don't think there's any necessarily ballot box stuff going no. on, personally. But let's just assume that it's all legit. If they really wanted Gavin Newsom gone, there'd be mass hordes in front of his office. Yeah. Foaming at the mouth, ready to burn fire to everything, and ready to rip him out. Yeah. And that's the that, that, that's the concept behind the U.S. Second Amendment. Yeah. Yeah. The right that's why it's force. That's yeah. Well, it's a little bit more than that. These were frontiersmen, and it was the opportunity to be able to put food on your table, and it was the opportunity to protect yourself, and it was the opportunity to organize yourselves into a militia. Unless I'm all completely wrong on all this, so that you could bring law and order to an area. But yeah, it's also to keep the government from being able to do what the government does. All right. Unfortunately, the only way that it's ever going to take down a government official in these day and age isn't by a bunch of guys showing up at the government office with the guns and saying, you know, hey, you're a bunch of dirtbags, get out. It's by some nut job who's up on a building with a scope and a laser yeah. sight or whatnot, 
it's it's the way it is. It's the way it's going to happen if it's going to happen. But I really do kind of feel for those in California who are conservative because, you know, it doesn't represent them. No, it doesn't. And I think a lot more is what's happened in the world is people are starting to say the uh, traditional structures are falling apart, but becoming very polarized because politics don't represent us anymore. No, it doesn't. It doesn't represent everybody. I mean, it represents the majority of people in the Democrat areas of California, Southern California. But it does not represent the rest of, yeah. No, and it's not. And It's almost like you need to subdivide the state. Well, maybe it's back to what I said about the whole globalization. Because, I mean, but people you expect go. it to be like if you have 40, 50, uh, 50, 60 percent um, like share of votes for the state, you would expect it to be around that for the entire state. But what you're getting is areas where it's like 80 percent one person and other areas where it's 80 percent the other person. And they just they don't get along. It's drastically opposed you know in the adult industry when we were dealing mostly with dvds we had to worry about community standards and we in some cases and i know not just us but we had a long list of area codes that we would not ship our product to certain types of products yeah okay it's because it violated the community standards and we could have trouble with the fbi and so forth on our case and kind of almost feel that that's almost what the future should take a look like, you know? That what we need to do is we need to literally let people move out of the areas that they don't want to be in. I mean, California has always been this big, you know, whatever, let everything go. You want to have six fathers? Have six fathers. You want to have a group marriage? Have a group marriage. Um, if you want to walk around totally nude on the street, I mean, you know, you could do that. Because San Francisco, apparently, you can walk down the street. The worst they got is a law saying you have to put a towel down before you sit. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, you got to wear a COVID mask now and show your health pass. But, you know, you could sit down with your bare naked bum on a towel in a, in a cafe wherever you wanted to go, okay? And I think... Maybe we ought to just start going to that community standard sort of thing. Are you a person who is very traditional? Then maybe you should be going and looking for a place in this, this area over here. And I think it's going to get worse because of the internet. You know, I think people, uh, you know, the internet deals in user-tailored content. Yeah, there, yeah. Yeah, you see where I'm going with this? It's it's almost like a form of social engineering going on because well, it's really bad on the internet because it's it's a two pronged effect because on one hand you have you how can I explain this? Okay, I'm shadow banned on Imgur. Okay. That means if I post something or if I comment on Nobody something, no one sees it. And this is my way a few unpopular comments that got downloaded. Whatever. But the fact of the matter is, there are some people out there who share my opinions, who would have upvoted them, and I guarantee you, they're probably in the same situation I am now. Yep. So this is effectively an entire percentage of your population is no longer being represented on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. 
and this just furthers the divide because effect, uh, suddenly your entire community on the internet only represents one side of the spectrum. Well, you know, it's... When, uh opinion it's kind of like how reddit functions with its whole upvote and downvote thing the vast majority of people don't even realize that the moment you get negative five downvotes your comment gets hidden it's hidden by default the system if you want to change that you're going to have to go looking in the settings and you know as well as i know the vast majority of people are never going to go looking in the settings and that is a form of censorship that is what bothers me the most is that we had different sites out there that were trying to cater like Gab and so forth to a more conservative group of people and they're totally destroyed by the media ostracized and they bring an enormous amount of power you know that's something the media should not be doing your your job is reporting news you're supposed to be unbiased good presenting facts that. good luck with that I mean facts don't matter okay I'll say it this way, okay? If your news source attacks someone for being conservative, they're a bad news source. Period. Absolutely. And I'll say the opposite and if, too. Same thing. If they attack someone for being leftist, they're a bad news source. Absolutely. There should be... There should be no opinion pieces. There should be no opinions in it whatsoever. The moment you bring in and an opinion piece, you're no longer news, you're entertainment. This is the game, though, that's being played. Like, with regards to Gavin Newsom over there, okay? I look at him from a purely capitalist point of view. And I'm surprised, you know, maybe it's that the adult industry has been decimated. And maybe uh, California finally got its wish that the majority of pornographers left Porn Valley. We're not located in it. But if you went to the San Fernando Valley 10, 15 years ago, those guys were capitalists. All right? The only way they were going to vote for Democrats is if it benefited them in some way. Yeah. I can see that. So, consequently, they did vote for that, right? Because it did benefit them. I mean, you and I, we'd vote for whoever benefits us, end up, okay? And promising us free stuff isn't a, a way to get to us. It gets no. to the mass public, but it doesn't get to us. I would say that with the way they shut down production and the way they're demanding everything and they've hyped people up that they're wearing six different masks and COVID protocols, this, that... I would not want to have to be a production company of any kind, adult or even mainstream, in that area. Yep. All right? Because I can't do it. I can't function under those situations. So I would say that the vast majority of adult industries out there, at least maybe not the talent, but the people who, you know, the money behind it, would have said, get this guy out of here, get the conservative in. But it didn't happen for whatever reason. And what we saw was demonization of Larry Elders. I mean, he's a black man, and you called him a white supremacist. What the hell? I, I mean, you know, I, I'm sitting back and I'm shaking my head at that. That's 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 really odd that you would do that. You know, um, I was the generation that grew up with Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and there was a character in it, Carlton. And he liked listening to uh, some white singer. He was really, yeah, was kind of square. And everybody was saying he wasn't black. And he looked at him and he said, black is not something I have to be. It's something that I am. Yeah. And it's just kind of like French is not something that you have to be. It's something that you are. Right? And to that effect, calling a black man a white supremacist 
What are you smoking? The color of his skin is the color of his skin. All right? And it has no effects whatsoever, okay, on his politics. Okay, they'll argue, well, it's because he saw, and this is the game right here. Well, it's because he sees the world and this, this, and he has privilege, and he's had gone against this, and uh, whatever. I mean, we all have our life experiences. As I put it, I grew up in a really bad area as a child. I learned how to punch someone's lights out before I even learned to walk sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So where was my white privilege in all of that? You didn't have it. I didn't have it, okay? And you just got to kind of look. His skin color is independent of his politics, his experiences in life are independent of... Well, I wouldn't say independent. No. They'll impact it. But at the end of the day, you can't turn around and call a black man a white supremacist. No. He's not invited to the meeting. <laughs> I mean, if he put on the KKK outfit, you know... He'd be ousted at the moment someone sees his hands. <laughs> well, you know, they're just going to say to him, excuse me, sir, could you please leave? And that's the other thing, too. I mean, you know, the boogeyman, the white supremacist here, okay? I mean, come on, guys. This is not 1930 here, all right? You know, the Ku Klux Klan has been irrelevant for a long, long time. time. And when it's all said and done, California, the Democrats out there, had an opportunity to get rid of this guy. But they didn't. So, when it's all said and done, it comes down to this. They wanted the lockdowns. They want the mask mandates. They want the vaccine passports. And they're not going to stop. They want to see that state shut down for the next five years, ten years. In fact, I'll go out on limit and say like this. The vast majority of them want to be locked up in their houses and have a paycheck sent to them and just whatever. That's the way I look at it. Um, Texans, on the other hand, because there was the big thing about some... Texas women from Texas beating a waitress up. Yeah. And I think they are on the other side of the coin. Yep, they're the opposite. You know, leave us alone. We want to work. We want to go out. We want to live a lot. Leave these people alone to make the culture the way they want to make it. Yep. And if Texans want to live... Like Texans. Like Texans live. And Californians want to live like Californians, be done with it. You know, that's just my opinion on the whole thing. And I think that kind of brings us to an end of uh, politically yeah. incorrect this time here. It was actually kind of a hard one to do this time. Yeah. Because we're used to getting a little more zingers and a little more interesting stuff. Or at least stuff that we're a little more interested in. It's a little dry this week. Yeah, it was a little dry. Well, today. Well, we laughed about the boat a bit here, you know. And uh... Anyway, we'll see y'all in the, uh, the next politically incorrect. Have yourselves a great weekend and uh, enjoy life.